Welcome to Talk It Out with Dr. Vince. This show is dedicated to the LGBTQ community and their friends. Join us as we discuss ongoing issues and continue to explore the life within our great community. Welcome back, everybody, to Talk It Out with Dr. Vince. We now return to last week's interview. Thank you. But no, no, no you know I had I mean? a boyfriend. I had. Um, so you were. But he was no, no. He okay. was uh, very. That's why I wrote a book on. It's called. You know, my book is called "Talk It Out: No More Gay Shame." The movie is also called "Talk It Out: No More Gay Shame," which bases uh, the documentary film on. You know, uh, six students uh, from Hofstra asking uh, who are LGBTQ and uh, asking questions to a panel of gay men, to a, a grouping of gay men. And answers are telling from their own stories, their own experiences about surviving bullying and, and about being shamed and uh, feeling off, you know, different than everybody else. And then, you know, coming to a, you know, to a community that accepted them and a city that uh, they could be free, a place that they could be free once they come out. And uh, the stories of, of joy and and, and party and, and acceptance and all this. And, and the opposite of shame is pride, you know, in that we need to find that pride within us. And, you know, as I said, I, this, I just come from a class where I had three students all talk about two, either teen suicide or cancer, you know, and it seems to be a morbidity there, you know, that, you know, and I'm just saying, is the society getting, you know, negative again you know i know there's a lot of anger in our world right now and you know the more ang- you know it's easier to feel anger than it is to be sad you know i think anger is a cover or a mask for the sadness and and um you know shame is a cover you know from uh, you know it's it's it, it covers you because it's like the fear you let the fear overwhelm you you know yeah. and fear that you're going to be found out fear that you're going to be beaten fear that you're going to be killed or fear you that know. you've done something wrong. Always just from it's, being yeah. yourself. You they know. said the shame is guilty for who you, shameful for who you are, while feeling guilty is guilty for your actions. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And, and even just understanding the difference is something you know. Yeah. Like well, I, in the book, in the movie, I make them very clear which one. I mean, the shame is the big one. You know, right. the guilt is like okay, I feel guilty because I went home with a guy. Right. You know, or I had sex with a guy. You know, um, the uh, the shame is I'm shameful for who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm and I'm not worthy or. You know, I don't deserve to live, you know, or I'm going to drug myself up or I'm going to sex myself out, you know, and I'm going to, you know, do all these unconscious things in order so I don't feel, you know, that's yeah. what Dr. Vince is right. all about, you know. Or, dr- or drink And now I have a, you know, I'm trying to get, I just had a press release done. Yes, drinking. Yes, I know. And, you, you know, you play, you know, bartenders, the bars do provide a place for guys to get unconscious, you know, in a way. Yeah, you I mean. I drink not so a, much, yeah. I don't have to think about it. I don't oh, you feel. definitely meet people who've like had a bad day, you know, and they want to like, yeah, they want to mm-hmm. escape for a while, and you you understand that. But for me, like I've, you know, it's actually a responsibility of a bartender not to get not to let somebody get belligerent. Too drunk. Because, yeah. yeah, like it's not nice for anybody, and you don't want to endanger the person. You want to make sure they get home okay, and they're they're not going to get sick or black out or really make a terrible decision. So right. like I don't know I want people to have a good time but also it is a responsibility you're you know we had to take exams and we had to get our our tips license um, and our food safety certificate in work because you have to show that you're capable of making good judgments with people right. not serving people underage not serving people who are already too drunk you know giving them a water getting giving them time to sober up getting people in a cab make sure they get home there's all these oh. other things it's not just yeah giving someone a i'll drink. be honest with you one of the reasons why i Wanted to be a bartender, but in other ways, I don't want to be is because I can't. I'm not comfortable around alcoholics. Okay. 
And, uh, you know, and I see, and I used to work in a restaurant, and I used to be bartender and all that. Um, you know, we had a group of young guys, people that would hang out, and they were just obnoxious, you know, and it really drove me crazy, you know. Wow. Um, you know, it's hard to not, uh, to deal with that sometimes, you know. And I, yeah. and I grew up with that in my partners. Well, a lot of my partners were uh, alcoholic. Wow. You know, so... You know, and uh, it's tough. It's tough, you know, it's uh, because I would run to that because I could focus on them. I was in Al-Anon, you know, so Al-Anon was a place where the caregivers, you know, and they were the ones who kind of like cleaned up the mess right. kind of thing. And, uh, and I saw that a lot in the gay community among, you know, drugs and alcohol being a major, you know, you know, I know I'm moving away from the hotness of the, you know, the scene and the, you know, sexy bartenders, but... You know, we really have to think about, you know, what gave, you know, the shame, you know, the drinking to the point of excess, you know, to get unconscious, yeah. you know, to not feel, you know, or to feel inhibited. Of like, oh, I'm free now. I have a few cocktails. Now I can touch you all over the yeah. place, and, you know, and you, I'm going to try to seduce you, you know, because yeah, my inhibitions have been loosened. You know, but you want everyone to have a good time, but it's also like, you know, drinking responsibly and showing respect to yourself, the bartender, your friends in the area. You know, everyone's there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. No one wants, no one wants an issue. <laughs> you know, it's have you ever just had customers like that that are really obnoxious and um, push you to your limits? Or you're uh, Mr. Ireland, you're Mr. Like oh, that means push jolly of lepre- le- the land of the leprechauns. Hey, however, Jerry Spagar. I mean, you definitely you, you get people that are not very nice and um, are yeah, you could say obnoxious, but I think the vast majority of people come because they want to have a good time and we're there to give people a good time so yes you do not everybody is nice or respectful or tips <laughs> but the vast yeah. majority of people are very very pleasant i have to say we do have a really really nice clientele i really enjoy going to well every time i've gone there i've always we my friend and i have uh you know i go with always my manager you know and he's a good friend and he, uh, we always have, we have a nice time. You know, he likes that place, Barracuda. He's like Jim Bar. He doesn't hates the townhouse. You know, right. I always call it the uh, gay mortuary. You know, it's like you know, it's like the piano bar, and it's like people like. It's like I feel like there's a the funeral is going to be downstairs. The, the casket's dolls. downstairs, yeah. and everybody's upstairs <laughs> having cocktails. Oh my god. Well, that's I'm sorry. I mean, I've gone there. I mean, a few times, and it's like I'm like, oh, they make good drinks, really good drinks, very stiff drinks. You know, you make good drinks too. So I remember. But um, so, uh, so tell us uh, now about you know, we talked a little bit about Ireland. We talked a little bit about the bar, but I also want to stay with that a little bit more about the the the, the, the your concern about people who overindulge. You know, and the, uh, you know, do people open up to you about their pain like a therapist? You know, the bartender is supposed to be like a bartender, you know, therapist. a chief therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a drink, you can get therapy. Yeah, oh, all the time. Mm. Yeah, all the time. Um, what do they talk about? Um, God, everything. But usually, so we open at four, so we usually get like a, the after work crowd kind right. of from five. So. You know, not always, but sometimes people have had long days, stressful days, busy days, and they just want to unwind. So if somebody takes out their phone and orders a drink, I, you know, it's usually a sign that they don't really want to engage. I might try, of course, you know, as my job to engage a bit, but I totally understand if people just want to have a drink by themselves. That's totally fine. Um, some people come to drown their sorrows. They've they've had an argument with their partner. They've broken up with their partner. They, you know, they've gotten some bad news. People have gotten good news. Um. You you find out pretty quickly what kind of mood someone's in if you know they're celebrating or 
or woeing. <laughs> Do you remember one particular one or two that you had uh, you helped them? Yeah, there was one guy. Um, he had just broken up with his boyfriend. He had found out that he'd been cheating on him in not a nice way, um, and he was just devastated. I think he was actually in shock. He wasn't even visually upset. He just couldn't believe what had just happened, and he um, he didn't drink for a while. He got to the bar and ordered like a soda, and then another soda, and then um, then af after he ordered an alcoholic drink, he then he began to open up and he said, "I don't know what to do." And I just remember, was he kicked out of the apartment and stuff like that? No, no, no. He basically he found texts on his um, partner's phone and said he was going out for a walk, and then he came to a bar to process what had happened that was kind of hard to see and then you realize how like unqualified you are to give advice so i don't ever give anyone advice unless they ask me for it um but mostly just to listen to and what do you think he problems. did what did he do he oh he ended up calling a friend his friend came to the bar and they were kind of discussing what to do um but that was that was probably the most extreme thing to witness but you know you do get people who are like on you know, like birthday parties and they've come, they're coming out to, you know, celebrate someone's birthday and they just want to get wasted. And, you know, that's OK, too. We're not here to judge anyone or but we are here to look out for people to make sure they're that's doing nice. responsibly. Yeah, well, that's a part of what a job. nice guy. <laughs> so that's great. That's yeah. great. So so you uh, mentioned about to me before that you've been writing. Yes. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little something about what you're writing? And is it gay themed? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I'm I'm an actor and I've performed in a bunch of shows and TV, mm. you know, small parts in TV and film and stuff. Oh, you in um, Screen Actors Guild and all? I'm not in the guild, but I'm a must join. So my next, I just did an episode of Law and Order. As for you, everybody's on Law and Order, but me. Oh, I mean, no, I am such a New York it. type, <laughs> and this guy comes. He's been in the country for five years, and he's on Law and, and Order. And you know what? I have because to be, they went to Ireland. They no, went to Ireland. I had to be American, and I did an American accent. Right. I'm really mad now. I'm going to curse. I, I cannot even get as an extra, and I've been like I've, I've been in the Sopranos. God, the, Analyze the immigrants are coming here taking like, your jobs. You <laughs> Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I'm a must join, so that was my third union job. So the next okay. job I do, I'll have to join. Right. But I yeah, so I've been acting for um, God the last ten yeah ten years mm -hmm. in shows and. Um, Which shows have you done? Oh, I did. Um, I did the first national tour of Pippin, the Broadway show. Ooh. Yeah, I did that for two years. Um, I did, did you do it? We traveled all over the country. Oh, yeah, who'd you pay? I was in the ensemble. I played the head. I don't know if you've seen the show, but I yes, I the, do. Remember the lacerated that. head. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. um, I did Dance of the Vampires with Roman Polanski in Germany. Wow, that was incredible. I did, did an ensemble role. Or yeah, that's nice. yeah. And then I did We Will Rock You in London in the West End with um, Brian May, Arlene Phillips, the real and Ben Elton. Guys. Yeah, of course, boy. And then a bunch of. Um, Student, some students from Tish did a right. bunch of like student films. Wonderful, and, yeah, and lots of voiceover stuff. I've done a bunch of cartoons and video games. And I can and hear stuff, you. So. Very nice speaking voice. Ah, oh, thanks. So, thanks, thanks. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I I'm an actor, and then as like an acting exercise, I enrolled in this writing course last summer just to try and mm -hmm. um, create more voices, you know, different voices for characters, and found that I really enjoyed writing. Um, so I started writing, kind of my. Experience experience in the bar, experience as an actor, experience as a gay man, and then it kind of ended up <laughs> in some strange format um, in the form of a teleplay, and it is LGBTQ-themed. Um, it's a comedy. Talk about it. Yeah, it's a comedy. It just, I mean, it's it started, I probably made every 
mistake that a new writer makes. I started writing chronologically and autobiographically, and after mm. I finished, I thought, this is terrible. This is uninteresting. It's not funny. It's not compelling. But I was taking bits of what, you know, I was learning. I was taking bits of what I was writing and then reformatted and then really started to use my imagination mm. and um, just created this story about a young guy who moves to a big city to find his birth mother. Mm. And um big twist in the tale is he finds out why his mother abandoned him and mm. it was because he's he's gay and she realized from a young age that he was gay so something i'm still How working on how old was he when he she abandoned him four mm. yeah jeez she's so astute wow what a mom yeah well mm. um yeah yeah it's i mean it's it's obviously fictional i have a wonderful yeah, it's not too fictional what do you mean well, it's not that that hasn't happened you know oh no! Saying? I mean, to me, yeah, yeah. I I personally have a great relationship with my mother and father. Like, wonderful, uh, very. How did lucky. that coming out happen? How did oh, it go? I had the best them? coming out story. Oh, was, let's hear it. It was so wonderful. I was seventeen or eighteen, or maybe I was nineteen. I was definitely in my late teens. It was summer. It was August. I was just about to go back to my last year at school. Mm. I was working a summer job in a department store, and I remember staying late after work. I found a little coffee shop, and I was like, you know saying a little script in my head of what I was going to say to them when I got wow. home. And um, I went home. I just remember the weather it was so bright. I remember it was like Sunday evening at like 6 p.m. and the sun was setting and the light was really coming through our front windows. I just remember I have a real sepia yellow tone in my head. Mm. <laughs> and um, I sat my parents down and I said, you know, ma'am, dad, it's something I wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. And my mom looked right at me and I said, ma'am, I'm gay. And my mom burst into tears. Mm. She threw her arms around me. She she told me that she knew and she was just waiting for me to be ready to come and tell her. And we, ha- we had a lovely moment and I realized my dad hadn't said anything. He was sitting on the chair kind Whoa. of off to my shoulder. And I was like, oh, no, what if what if dad isn't taking this well? And he was reading the, nu- <laughs> he was reading the newspaper. And I said, dad, did you hear me? I said, I'm gay. And he just dropped the newspaper and looked at me and said, gay about what? And smiled and winked at me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget it. it was such a nice oh my god, I'm like oh. getting emotional <laughs> talking oh. about it. Um it was such a beautiful moment. And then I, I hear horror stories about people coming out, you know, especially people my age or a little bit older and how their their family disowned them and they don't speak to them anymore and it just that's hard to hear. Only because my story was so yeah accepting yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. So that always makes me feel sad or a bit uneasy that people, I just, I'm so close to my family. I couldn't ever imagine being estranged from them. They're, they're a huge support network for me. I think we're meant to be who we are and uh, like we choose our parents instead of the other way around. I mean, uh, in a sense, uh, I believe in, you know, there's a destiny, you know, when we're brought into this world to, you know, to bring about change and, uh, and uh, you know, in our own small way or big way, I mean, I'm hoping to do big way, and you uh, do, it sounds like what you're doing, and, uh, you know, to help this population, to help people, to, or just in this small world, doing something that, uh, and they're meant to have ch- a gay child. They're meant, to, they're, they're destined to have a gay child, and, uh, and how they deal with it is how they're going to learn, you know, and if they don't learn, they, you know, they don't, they, they close they their grow. minds and they close yeah. their door, their hearts close. You know, their soul is closed, you know, and they, there'll be a reckoning, you know, when they when they do go the way religion, you know, I believe, uh, you know, uh, you know, somebody will be at the pearly gates and saying, why did you abandon your child? 
you know, you, mu- you cannot come into heaven or you must do penance and you must, you know, the purgatory thing. Right. Um, I do believe that. I think there, you know, I think we're all meant to be good. We're all meant to be loving and we're meant to be, you know, uh, but with this monster that's in there, you know, there's this anger, this rage, this, you know, be it from abuse, be it from whatever they experienced, you know, I, I you know, I watch some, I love a big up devotee of films and I've been in, Screen Actors Guild since the 70s and Equity since the 70s. And, you know, I've performed and, you know, uh, my life has turned into this now. You know, doing a show, LGBT show, you know, doing a movie, all here at the university. The book, all this through the university, you know. So, uh, and I felt very accepted. My colleagues most of them were gay. Um, you know, but then I also work at a store, you know, and I don't talk about it. But now I'm kind of outed, you know, they kind of... Right. You know, they've accepted me, and I, if I, they did it or they didn't, you know, I mean, it's there to make, you know, so, but it's nice to know that there is this acceptance, and, you know, but yeah. I didn't go, br- you know, hey, I'm this, this is who I am, I don't do that. You know? Right, but I find that really interesting, because there's such a, it's it's such a fine line, you do want to, you know, activate and, and let people know that they're accepted, but also, you know, it's also nobody's business right. at the same time, right. and it's, it's you know I'm like eye rolling when it when it even comes up as a topic because it's like w- it's like when when um when people talk about straight actors getting gay uh, roles get gay parts mm-hmm. and it's like why is it even w- why why do people even need to ask why does it matter about the actor's sexu- sexuality if they're playing a gay or straight part gay actors can play straight roles straight actors can play gay roles it's acting I personally don't have a problem with it but I my issue is when they they say I'm not gay I'm not gay. You know, and we have too much of that in this world, and there we need people. You mean actors? Actors who are gay, not coming out. You know, who oh, are well, gay, that's a different who story. Who are gay? You right. Know, and uh, you know, yes, I don't think I, I like Rupert Everett. I think he's a wonderful actor, and you know, this uh, Matt Damon, uh, not Matt Damon, God bless him. Uh, the other one um, from uh, Magic Mike. You know, and uh, uh, he was in Channing uh, Tatum. N- not Channing. No, no, the the gay one. He's a gay. He's an out gay actor. He's oh, married. the guy from um, Matt Collar, uh, white collar, yeah. gay collar, white collar. Yeah, white, white collar, white collar. Oh God, I, I don't know his name. Hello, he's so hot. He's a beautiful man, you know. And I'm just saying, you know, uh, but he's out. Right. And you have so many other, you know, more and more. It's that getting are better. Out. Yeah, hmm? it's getting better. It's getting better, but you know, again, I'm not gonna say with this this talk from the past about people like Ted Cruz and Mr. Gere and and um, John Travolta and. Alone, all of them that I've performed with, right, and it's totally changed. Cruz, uh, you know, Cruz Mayday, Mayday, you know, when I was, <laughs> you know, I still remember those. I mean, I was in Saturday Night Fever. I was, you know, staying alive, right, and um, not staying alive. I was in Perfect with with John Travolta, and you know, those times I did that, right. And I'm just saying, you know, I wish these people were out rather than being in, you know. And Scientology and all that is just not to be, it's a whole other but what I just you know uh, is the real that's why maybe I do it is that um, because there are tune in next time for our next show only here on Talk It Out with Dr. Vince